This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday. November 21st edition of Invest Talk. Yeah, we're one week away from Thanksgiving, so I hope you have your plans ready. Hope you have your dishes you're going to make. It's going to be an exciting time. I know it's one of my favorite holidays. Now we're that also means we're cl- approaching the end of the year. We only have roughly 5 and a half weeks left till the end of the year. So it's time to make a little plan, make, make some plans, not just for the holidays, but also with your portfolio, uh, with your financial path. You know, what changes can you make in the new year to make better decisions, improve your savings plan, improve your investing plan? And savings is important. Yeah, I know we call this invest talk, but the number one thing that's going to improve your financial path besides obviously making money in your career, is saving. So the best thing you can do is improve your education, improve your ability to make more money. Next is improve your savings rate, and then it's investing. So it's actually third on the list. Investing is actually third on the list of importance when it comes to your financial future. And unfortunately, it's probably what people focus on the most. Why? Because it's probably more interesting, right? People don't want to go through the hassle of getting another degree or another certification, learning another skill, starting another business, finding avenues to make more money. It's, that's harder. Savings is kind of boring. I'm just not spending as much as I maybe was before. And investing is just more interesting, more exciting. But oftentimes, the most exciting things aren't the most crucial and the most valuable, right? So I wanted to make that little point here, you know, going into the end of year, so you can put some priorities down for next year. Your top priority shouldn't be invest better. It should be save more and improve your your skill set in order to make more money for your financial future. Now, I'm Justin Klein. I thank you for joining me today. I hope you will call me with your investing questions. And when and if you make time to call, you take charge of this show. So we can talk about all three of those things, whether that's savings, whether that's you know what industry to go to, where to focus your maybe career efforts, that's something we can talk about, and obviously the investing side as well, because this is Invest Talk. Now, our goal for each and every one of you is to help move you along the path of financial freedom. And everyone's path is going to be different, so don't feel bad if you know your friend got there or your family member got there before you. Just keep being diligent at what you do best, whatever that is. And find your own path. So hopefully we can help you do that on today's show and every weekday on Invest Talk. Now we're gonna do that 
with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. This isn't CNBC. I'm not going to pitch you pie in the sky, penny stocks, or anything like that. It's all about consistency and solid decision making. Now, in this hour, I'm going to do my best to answer all of your questions. So the phone lines are open now at 888 chart 888 If you want to sit down myself or Steve, you can do that at our Irvine, California home office. Or Steve will be returning to San Jose December 5th. He has two slots open. That will be a, what, two weeks from today, I believe. Yeah, two weeks from today. So he's taking appointments to fill up those last two slots. You can learn more and register at investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns a retail success story. Target, thanks to its investments that make it easier for shoppers to buy items online and get them same day, that's paying off. Digital sales are surging and they've lowered the cost of handling online orders, which is certainly boosted optimism around the company. So I'm going to break down that story. Also, Roth 401k versus regular 401k. What should you do? Most 401ks offer the ability to go Roth versus your regular 401k. And we're going to talk about what variables you have to look at to make that decision. Also, the renewable energy future. We know that more and more solar panels are being deployed throughout the world and, and especially here in the United States year over year. And coal is being decommissioned. I believe the largest coal power plant just got decommissioned uh, here in the United States. So there's a transition to renewables and other types of uh, energy sources besides coal. We're going to talk about what that might look like and what that might mean for utilities here in the United States. And then anything that else is on your mind. I want to know what is on your mind. So give me a call. 888-99-CHART-992-4278 is it? how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Let's look at the market today. We had another modest down day. I talked about this on Monday. Typically this year after option X, you get weakness in the market. Now, some have some some of those periods of weakness have been protracted like the early August time frame, right? We went to from, you know, 3000 on the S&P to about 2800 so a nice six seven percent drop in the S and P over that short time frame, and the big question is: Is that going? Are we going to have a similar pullback? Now that was a little bit more impulsive to start. I want to say impulsive. You know, having one percent, two percent down days, though that's impulsive. Today, five percent, five not five percent, five point drop on the S and P, point one one percent, very very modest down day. Small caps are down a little bit more, about half a percent. NASDAQ was down about 0.2%. So, so far, it's been a controlled pullback, uh, a, a way to change the overbought nature of the market, right? To bring it back more into equilibrium. And frankly, it's been a very healthy pullback. And we'll see uh, if that continues. And a lot will depend, I, I believe, on, on the trade war. You saw some economic news today on the employment. You had initial jobless claims at 227,000, which was equal to last week's initial jobless claims. And now the 
four-week moving average, because that's what you want to look at. At week to week, you're going to get some noise in this number. But now it's actually up year over year. What, so what you're starting to see is now, I believe, a trend in the employment picture. That's not super weak by any means. But it's certainly, you're seeing more layoffs, more jobless claims than you did a week ago. So you're seeing a, an upward trend in in, in that uh in those areas, which means weakness in the jobs market overall. So, so see if that persists will be very, very interesting. You listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday, and it's broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock Pacific Time hour every weekday. And whenever you have an investment questions, I question, I encourage you to contact me or Steve. Or you can explore our podcast library. You can search, listen, and subscribe. So please take a second to rate the Invest Talk podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart It's another busy investor work week. You've got investment and financial questions, and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now. 88899 chart. Hi, Steve Justin. This is Will from Massachusetts. I had a question about Aaron's Incorporated, A A N. This question if it's a good buy and if it's a good time to buy right now. Thank you. All right. He's looking at Aaron's Incorporated, and they operate and franchise 1689 electronic appliance and furniture sales and leasing stores in the U.S. And Canada. This had a recent drop from close to $80 a share, call it $78 a share. And I believe it was earnings that came out earlier this month uh, because we were in the midst of earnings season. And it fell all the way now down to $56 a share. So a pretty big pullback. And if you if you zoom out on a technical basis on a weekly chart, that was a pretty bearish engulfing bar. Uh, on the week, which tells me this wants to go lower, especially after years and years of upward trend bouncing off the the 50-week moving average and continuing higher. Its uptrend looks to be in serious danger. Now, it hasn't broken that long-term upwards trending line, but this lack of uh, lack of positive reaction to the earnings is a big problem for me. Uh, and revenue grew 1% last quarter. And a year ago, that was growing some like 14% year over year. So you're seeing sales certainly slow dramatically. And earnings only grew 6%, where they grew 60% year over year last year at this time. So their business growth is seriously deteriorating. And that's the biggest problem here. Let me look at some of the valuation metrics. It's about an $8 billion company, very minimal debt on its balance sheet, positive cash flow, that's good. Uh, pays a small dividend, 0.3%, pretty much nothing, but has certainly a lot of room to increase that dividend. So that's something I would look for them to likely do, especially if their growth is slowing and they're having uh, issue, issues squeezing more and more sales out of their business. Odds are good that they're going to use that cash flow and strong balance sheet, to, balance sheet to increase sales or increase dividend, especially when the business is kind of 
flat to struggling a lot of times, and maybe the stock is struggling, a lot of times executives like to boost that dividend and try to keep investors in the stock. So I could obviously see that happening. Let me look at their EBITDA. Trailing 12 months is about $3.3 billion, and that's still at an all-time high. So even though the growth is certainly decelerating, the value is, is decent. It's enterprise value to EBITDA is pretty good, about two. So it's cheap on that basis. Very cheap, as a matter of fact. So I like the valuation. I just don't like that slowdown in, in sales and earnings and this recent trend in the stock overall. So if it can hold kind of the $50 mark, then I think this can continue its, its uptrend. Uh, but if it breaks 50, I would definitely be out of it. So I would certainly keep a tight out if you want to buy it based on the valuations because the valuations are solid, but the business trends are not that attractive. So I'd worry about that. Now let's take a quick look at some key benchmarks today. You have the 10-year treasury up to 1.76%. And that was up a little bit, which is interesting, especially considering... You know, the market was down. Typically, you're going to get uh, more of a risk-off sentiment, meaning yields will drop when the market's down, but you didn't get that. Okay, So you're, you're still seeing an upward trend in yields, which tells me that the bond market is giving positive, positive indications about the economy, despite the, the recent jobs report and the initial jobless claims. But that's hanging on by a thread after this recent drop for the past couple weeks uh, in yields. So I would be keeping a tight eye on that. You break below kind of that 1.65% on the 10-year. That would be a different message the bond market was telling us. Now, Bitcoin was down to $7,600 per coin. Gold was down a bit. Oil was holding steady up uh, a little bit and you're starting to see oil stocks do pretty well. We're, we're keeping our eye on I think oil is starting or stocks are starting to to get some strength and I see a lot of value in that space as well. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. If you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you've heard me say it a few times. I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance. First step is to take a risk quiz, risk tolerance quiz. It's free and it's on investtalk.com. It's called Risk Lie, so look out for that. Just head over there. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888 chart InvestTalk is made possible by KPP Financial, where InvestTalk hosts and KPP principals, Steve Beasley and Justin Klein, practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Eight 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 nine nine chart eight eight nine nine two four two seven eight. Let's talk about our main talking point, which is Target. They had earnings yesterday, and they were pretty good. And they're good mainly because of their digital sales. They surged thirty one percent, and the reason is because same day service accounted for eighty percent of that growth. Meaning, a lot of people opted to buy online but pick up 
in the store. And so they basically figured out that enough people are willing to go and pick it up if they can get it today versus waiting a couple days uh, on Amazon. And a lot of times they're offering lower prices than on Amazon. So it's, it's worth it for some people to go and pick up that. And they find it slashes the costs of selling online because most of that cost is to do with delivering to a person's home or business. And what they're doing is instead of having huge warehouses and distribution centers like Amazon has, they're turning their stores into distribution centers themselves. Now they still have their own ship network where you know you buy online and uh, um, or you, you know, they, they, they go to you can ship to you still. Uh, and that's uh, still happening. But their ship network is when you buy online and pick up in the stores. And that's really driving that. And I've said this for a while. The only only companies that I see being able to combat the Amazon effect are Target and Walmart because of their large distribution network they have with their stores, something that Amazon doesn't have. Certainly, they acquired that with Whole Foods and they're starting to put Amazon lockers and things like that in these Whole Foods stores and in other locations. But at the end of the day, they don't have the reach that Target and Walmart have. Now, Walmart is investing in same store, you know, in-store pickup as well for groceries. And they're, they're rolling out to about 3,100 stores. But Target is doing it better. They're executing better on it. And that's why their net income rose 15% year over year. Now, a lot of people are going to say, well, now I buy Target. Well, you got to remember a lot of this is built in now. Um, you know, this growth acceleration is something that always puts the juice in a stock, right? When you see a company growing at sales. Back in April of 2018, they only grew earnings about 9% and sales 3%. Last quarter, sales grew 5% versus earnings grew 25%, which is the best number over the past couple of years. So you're starting to see that investment pay off, and that's what these companies have been doing. And that's what retailers are going to have to do, is invest in online stores and improve the buyer experience. Because yes, while Amazon is as cheap goods, oftentimes the best thing they've executed on is an easy buyer experience. Hop on the app, comes to you in a couple days, it's easy to use, you have reviews, all those things. Reason why we all kind of love Amazon, buying off Amazon. These other companies are going to have to replicate some features and improve on some features that Amazon doesn't have, like in store pickup. 888 chart 888 Let's go to Ben in New York. He just wants to talk about stocks in general. Uh, hey, so I have a question. Um, I've called him before and asked sure. about Raytheon and Northrop Grumman and companies like that, and they do well, I think, generally when there's a Republican in office. And I kind of thought, conversely, if there was a, a sector or a few stocks that one would look to for uh, when a Democrat wins, kind of uh, instead of things like Raytheon and Northrop Grumman, if that question makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it d definitely makes sense. You know, the, the reason that 
it, it works well in when a Republican's office because Republicans tend to increase spending on military, which you've seen that with Trump. And then the big question is, what do Democrats typically focus on spending more money on? One is probably health care, uh, health and human services. You could you definitely say that. Um, infrastructure, maybe. Uh, they tend to back more government spending in regards to uh, infrastructure, whereas uh, a Republican might say, we'll leave that to the private sector, right? Um, so th there are different sectors. It probably just, a lot of it depends too on what is needed and what is top of mind for the Democratic Party in general. So, you know, I, it's, there's not anything that's clear cut in my book. Uh, I think you have to look at what is top of mind for them now. And what is? <laughs> I'm trying to think what would be top of mind for Democrats right now. Who cares being talked about idea, a ben? lot, but they're talking about it. Go, go ahead. What did you say? Oh, all dropped. Yeah, I haven't thought about that too hard yet because we haven't gotten into the, the elections and you'll probably see that trend start you know, early next year. Probably a little more when you have more clarity on the Democrat, Democratic candidate. I think I still think it's going to be Buttigieg, but that's just me. On the best next and best talk, economists have expressed concern that a global slowdown and the trade war could tip the U.S. into recession. But a prominent voice sees a rising GDP in 2020. A story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. So give me a call at 99 chart. You know what my husband and I really want. I mean, after years of working and saving and investing, we want financial freedom. Financial freedom to do and live as we want. But our old 401k plan? It's out of date. It can't truly be working for us. You're listening to someone who would benefit from a personalized portfolio review. The kind of unbiased advice and sensible investment strategies offered in a no-cost preliminary consultation by KPP Financial. Sure, we feel confident about some of our investment decisions over the years, but retirement will get here someday, and we should cover our bases now. Get a valuable second opinion on your current financial picture. And KPP Financial doesn't impose unnecessary products or services, so you can make informed decisions with your money. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking and shared success. KPP Financial. Okay. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888 99Chart. Let's go to Bill in San Rafael. He's looking at Broadcom. How you doing, Bill? Hey, Justin. I'm doing well. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for making it. Are you own Broadcom? Are you looking to buy it? I'm looking to buy it. Yeah, I have a diversified portfolio and basket of stocks, and I'm looking for – I like the dividend, and uh, I was going to see what your opinion on uh, going forward would be picking up some shares at this level. 
So Broadcom is one of the largest chip makers in the world, $125 billion market cap, and their growth is starting to slow a little bit this year, only growing about 10% over the last four quarters on revenue. Uh, same with earnings, roughly. Uh, this year, earnings year-over-year has grow 2% for the full year and increase 9% next year. 3.4% dividend yield. Its return on equity is about 12%, so not exciting, but solid. Its payout ratio is very high, 130%, but their cash dividend payout ratio is only 41%, so they certainly can afford that 3.4% dividend. About $30 billion in debt, which is not too much considering the size of the business, the fact that they did $22 billion in revenue over the trailing 12 months, that's a positive. Uh, you know, the stock is kind of lost a little bit of momentum over the past year and a half, two years or so, right? In early 2018, it hit $289 a share. Now it's at 215 So certainly has been kind of slowing down, uh, just like the, the overall sales and earnings. And it's uh, going to be a cyclical business, right? Simply because it's in the chip sector uh, and that tends to be, you know, earnings for that tends to be quite up and down. Now, this is certainly one of the the biggest bellwethers in the chip industry and one of the least volatile chip names that you're going to find out there. Now, they purchased CA Technologies, which is kind of like a smaller uh, IBM. So certainly there's going to be a, a new element to that. Um, but their EBITDA has flattened out uh, and their valuation isn't cheap. Uh, it's about enterprise value to EBITDA is 16 and a half. That's a little on the high end for, for my liking. And historically, that is not the highest it's ever been. I'll tell you that much. Um, but it's certainly not uh, in a bargain bin, you know, in the high single digits back in 2012. So we're we're kind of in the middle of the road when it comes to valuation. Not cheap, not expensive. Revenue is starting to flat out, flatten out. Same with earnings, and that's why I don't love it here. The technicals are not fantastic either. Um, but it is a fantastic business if you want to just sit it you know, put it in your portfolio, hold it for 10, 15, 20 years, it'll do fairly well for you. But I think you're going to see some major volatility over the next few years if this slowdown turns into contraction. Thanks for the call, Bill. Let's go to Michael in San Francisco looking at Cooper Software, which is C-O, Coupa Software, excuse me, C-O-U-P is the symbol. This is a big cloud name, right? I know $9.3 billion yeah, market cap. What do you know about it? Are you looking to buy it or sell it, give it away? Well, um, I've owned it back in the um, 30s, and um, they seem to have had the first mover advantage for spend management. And I got on the, I got on mm -hmm. the train, and I'm still on it. Yeah. Well, it has, uh, just like but Broadcom, it's kind of slowed down, right? It's been flat for about three, four months now, kind of going sideways as the market has transitioned from growth stocks to value stocks starting to lead, right? Yeah. Yeah, and this is a name that is about, like I said, $9.3 billion market cap, very little debt, but revenue trailing 12 months is only $318 million, which puts its price to sales ratio at 28, which is very, very rich. Now, their growth is strong, 54%. Revenue growth last quarter, year over year. Earnings were up 40% last quarter, year over year. So solid, but still a very, very expensive stock at these levels. You had a big sell-off 
five, six weeks ago, which was a bearish indication for me. MACD has rolled over. Uh, and unless it can get it back above 160, I think that see this. I see this thing heading lower. So what I would do is I would have a trailing stop, or better yet, I would take all of my winnings off the table and you know keep a trailing stop with the rest. Because to me, this is in that sector that is likely to underperform and even uh, turn into a more broad sell-off, kind of like we saw with tech stocks in the you know, late 2000s, 2001, or late 2000, late 2001 timeframe. Uh, and I think cloud stocks are in that timeframe. And so I would definitely be taking chips off the table here with Coupa. Um, and uh, just the, the, the valuation and the technical picture don't look too hot. Thanks for the call, Michael. This is Invest Talk, and I understand that many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio in shape now that we're entering into the new year. Don't worry, you're not alone, and we at KP Financial and Invest Talk can help you. You can talk with myself or Steve over the phone. We can build a financial plan for you. We can sit down one on one, either in our Irvine, California office, in our San Jose offices, even New York, and I believe we're actually going to do Texas early next year. So if you want to sign up for any of those and be on the list for when we do head to those locations, just give us a call or go to our website at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your finance investing questions live at 888-99-CHART. If you live anywhere in Northern California, from Sacramento to Santa Cruz, from Napa to Nevada, from Vacaville to San Rafael, or any place in between, you should make plans to sit down in person with Steve Peasley on Thursday, December 5th in San Jose. In an efficient and personalized consultation, Steve Peasley can help you optimize the asset allocation of your portfolio. And Steve's consultations are offered at no cost and with no obligation. So get your financial freedom objectives in shape for the coming year. Appointment availability for December 5th is limited. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Well, 8899-CHART, 8899-2-4278. Talk a little bit about Roth 401ks and regular 401ks. Okay, now... Back three years ago, only about 59% of 401k providers or companies who had 401ks offered the Roth plan. Now that's up to 70%. And for those of you who don't know, Roth 401ks operate much like Roth IRAs. You contribute with after-tax money, but when you take the money out down the line, you aren't taxed on it. Whereas a regular 401k, a regular IRA, the opposite, right? It's the flip, where you're not taxed today, but you're taxed later. Now, even though 70% of companies' plans offer 401, a Roth option, only 12% take advantage of it. And the biggest reason is that people don't really understand the pros and cons. Not only that, but most people have trouble just figuring out how much they should contribute, what their asset allocation should be, etc., Obviously, that's why we have active 401k. But Roth plans introduce yet another layer of complexity. Now, what are the benefits? The main benefit is that, yes, the contribution limit is the same. 19500 if you're under 50. 
and then another catch-up contribution which increases that up to 26,000. Wait, did I? Yeah, 26,000 if you're over 50. But there's a big difference because you're putting money in a Roth 401k with after-tax money. So you're effectively putting more money into your 401k if you're maxing it out via a Roth 401k. Why? Because if you put money into a regular IRA or a regular 401k, there's an embedded tax liability, right? Because eventually you're going to pay tax on that down the line. It's going to be owned by the government at some point. But in a Roth 401k, those dollars or that tax liability is paid up front. Okay, so there's nothing, no tax liability that goes along with that contribution. Now, in a Roth 401k, your contributions are made with post-tax dollars, but if you get a company match, they're not. So be aware of that, that the company, the amount the company matches, that is eventually going to be taxed when you take the money out. Now, the, the main reason anyone would put money in a Roth 401k or a regular, or a Roth IRA is to lock in the tax rate today. So if you're in a low tax bracket today and you think down the line when you retire, whenever you take that money out, you're going to be in a higher tax bracket, it makes more sense to do a Roth today. And now we're in the lowest tax environment that we've had in decades. And so if you contribute with Roth money, you're effectively locking in that lower tax rate. Now, if you make a lot of money, your tax rate still might be relatively high. But what a Roth 401k allows you to do, if you, if you make a good amount of money, is to avoid the contribution limits. Or sorry, the income limits of contributions in a Roth IRA. So for those that can't contribute to a Roth IRA because they make too much money, there are limits to that if you make a good living. There's no such income limits when it comes to a Roth 401k. So it gives you more access to it. What are the risks, however? Right? There's pros and cons to everything. You make a Roth contribution, you're choosing to pay taxes today, and it may be more than you would pay in the future. And oftentimes, throughout life, through your working life and even your retirement life, you find years where you're not making very much money. You lose your job or you invested in something, you have a big tax write-off and therefore you're in a low tax bracket and then you can do a Roth conversion form of 401k or just takes money out of that uh, IRA. You may move to another state or another country that has lower, you know, lower tax rates. They move to Florida, no state income tax. Then you'll be in a, a lower effective tax rate then. So that's the biggest risk is that you're wrong. And today's tax rate is actually higher than what it will be in the future. Now, overall tax rates are probably going to rise, right? Think about today where in a low unemployment rate economy, and the 
deficit is about a trillion dollars, a trillion dollars. And that's not including all the off-balance sheet liabilities that are coming on balance sheet with Social, Social Security and Medicare. So that's probably going to be either addressed with tax increases or benefit cuts, and probably a mix of both. So the odds are pretty good that going forward, tax rates will be going up. Now let's go back to the phones and get a question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, uh, Stephen or Justin. Long-time listener here. Really um, want to thank you for the show. Really educational. My question is about Chevron and Exxon. They both pay dividends. Pretty good. If you have to, if you want to get into um, Chevron or Exxon, which one would you guys recommend? Or what's your opinion? Again, thank you for the show. I'll be listening in podcast. Thank you. I believe we had this question recently, but uh, basically it was Chevron. Uh, Exxon made uh, acquisition of XTO Energy. They are heavily heavily levered to the gas market, natural gas market, uh, in, in relation to Chevron. Right? Chevron has less exposure there. Didn't make a huge acquisition like that. Uh, Chevron's balance sheet is stronger and better long-term growth prospects. Their dividend isn't as big. Right, Chevron's is four and Exxon's is five, but with that lower dividend, you get just simply a safer, better performing company, and frankly, a better valuation. So, if I'm picking one or the other, I'm definitely going with Chevron. Thanks for the call. Great question. And I'm actually there's actually a, a few. We were looking at some oil names today. Uh, definitely adding them to our watch list. There's some amazing values. Uh, especially after, as the oil market is languished, the natural gas market is languished uh, for a little while here, oil is starting to look a lot more attractive than it has in many years. So uh, I like the space overall, but Chevron definitely over Exxon. 88.99 chart, 88.992.4278. Now we're approaching the last commercial or last break, excuse me, for the hour. And after the break, I want to talk a little about the renewable energy market. Now, it accounts for just 10% of U.S. electricity sales and 7% of U.S. consumption. But the mix of hydroelectric and wind and solar in relation to oil, natural gas, nuclear, coal, etc., is is changing, uh, and I think this is going to be a faster change than most are appreciating. So I want to talk a little about that change and what that means for the industry as a whole uh, and utility companies as a whole, because the ones that can get ahead of this trend and put in place the assets to support our electric grid that are cleaner will be the winners in the long run. This is the best talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart On the next Invest Talk, economists have expressed concerns that a global slowdown and a trade war could tip the U.S. into recession. But a prominent voice sees a rising GDP in 2020. That story tomorrow. 
But now Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. It's how you get through and ask your question before the end of the show. We only have about four minutes left, so if you're going to call, you have to do it now. Let's dig into the energy trends within the United States. Now, 10% of U.S. electricity sales come from the green source, meaning wind, solar, And over the next decade, that is likely to reach 22%. Now, the big question is, what is going to be the main growth driver? And it's going to likely be solar. And solar's already outperformed what most people had thought would happen. 2012 government industry report suggests solar would struggle to reach 50 gigawatts by 2030. But solar already in just seven years has reached 40 gigawatts of operation and about 38 gigawatts in construction backed by signed contracts. So there's a lot being deployed and solar's now become cost competitive with things like natural gas uh, that, that has been the leader of the growth over the past decade or so, about 5% per year. But that's going to slow. And I think you're going to get rid of coal almost completely over the next decade because of that. That'll be the first one to really go, even though that cost uh, advantage uh, is still kind of there. But the politics are just so poor. Right now in California, for example, we're looking to go to a zero carbon state, which would eliminate gas entirely by 2045. And already so far, since 2015, gas demand for power generation has fallen 30%. So I do think solar is the future, and you need to be looking at investments for solar because the cost advantage and the political dynamics certainly are behind that. It will never be 100%, but I think it's going to continue to grow. Let's go to BJ in Fremont looking at KMI, which is Kinder Morgan. Hello? Yeah, so you're looking to buy Kinder Morgan? Yeah, I'm looking. I already have some. I was just thinking of adding some more to my position. I want to know okay. your views on that. Since you are uh, quite bullish on the oil sector, I thought maybe it's a good time well, to add some more. Yeah, well, this uh, is Kinder Morgan. They provide natural gas transportation storage services in North America. The the biggest problem is the gas market is struggling overall. Revenue for Kinder Morgan down 9% year-over-year. Earnings still up 5%. Uh, technically, uh, it's been trending. It's been consolidating. Excuse me. It had a nice rally in late 2018 into uh, the middle of 2019 and we've been consolidating sideways since then. It does yield about 5%. Let me look at some of the, the underlying fundamentals. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 12. Its dividend is relatively safe, but they do have a ton of debt, and that worries me, especially in the gas sector. Uh, so, And their EBITDA is, had declined last quarter year over year. I don't like that. 
so I, it worries me a little bit. Um, you know, I don't love it. I don't love the debt they have in their balance sheet. $45 billion market cap enterprise value is 82. So they have 35-ish billion dollars in debt on their balance sheet. That is a lot for a company that only does 13.6 billion in revenue trailing 12 months and EBITDA is only 7 billion. That's a pretty hefty uh, amount of debt. Not crazy. So they come down over the years, but um, you know, I just don't love it. I think there's better plays to get a 5% yield and more upside. Technically, it does look relatively strong uh, with that consolidation phase over the past six to nine months or so, but I definitely don't love it. So you know, I kind of give it an eh. It's not terrible. It's not bad. I just don't like that debt load, the high payout ratio of 100% and cash dividend pay ratio of 88%. It's just too high for me. Uh, and it needs to, and it's in a tough market. Like I said, gas is going to be a decli- in declining use by utilities over the next few decades. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley returns tomorrow. We'll be back Monday. Remember that you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.